What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Stories Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Shay Waihi, and if this is your very first time joining us, then welcome and thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you can like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Stories Unleashed podcast, and we're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, um, and check us out on Instagram and Facebook as well. Today, we have a very inspirational uh, friend of mine. It feels like I've known him longer than I have. Um, He's a man on, on a quest to change the lives of people he speaks to um, and many more. Um, and he's just out here trying to create the very best version of himself. We have Brian Drury, bro. Thank you very much for joining us um, today, bro. I'm super happy to get you on. How have you been? Dude, fantastic. And this is my uh, first podcast uh, featuring a New Zealander, a native. So I am international right now. So this is exciting, man. And I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait to get into it. Um, bro, so just for the viewers out there who may not know you or um, have seen you before, bro, do you just want to introduce yourself? Um, tell us a little bit about where you're from and your upbringing and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I can do a... a... <laughs> I'll try and do a quick one. You know how much I love stories. And I, I think we talked about this last time when I say, I'll tell the quick version. Then my brain goes, well, we got to give the background. But <laughs> the short version is, so yeah, I'm from the US and uh, originally from New Jersey and uh, grew up there most of my life, went to school in Pennsylvania. So right next door. And then since then, I've lived in a bunch of different places. And when I graduated from college, I had $80,000 in student loan debt. And so I promised my parents that I would take care of that. That was not going to be their problem. And so I said, well, I got to figure out a way. And there was this thing I'd heard about, like entrepreneurship. And I was like, it sounds cool because I hear like words like freedom and you get to travel, but I really didn't know what it was. And so I said, you know what? All right, I'll find a good job. I'll get a good job. Got a good job. Moved to a small, small town in uh, Wisconsin. And so... I lived there for a little over two years, and I've, I've worked in a variety of different uh, Fortune 300 companies since graduating, and all in supply chain. So that's what I ultimately majored in. But I've always had this alternative thing where I'm like, I don't feel like that conventional path is the way that I'm going to go. Because we all heard this story growing up, like, go to school, get good grades, get into a good college, you know, get good grades in college, get a good job. And then there's this implication that life just takes care of itself after that. Like once you've done that, you've made it. So mission accomplished. But as everyone realizes, there is so much more to life after those phases, whether or not you go to college, like after that graduation phase. And so I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to say, okay, how can I contribute to this? Because I saw so many young adults, they'd come out 21, 22 from school, they're like, I'm ready to make a difference in the world. And then you see them a few years later and they're like beaten down because like we've learned proximity is power and most and our environment is so critical. So if you end up in a less than motivational environment or with people that are consistently settling or saying, well, that's good enough or don't dream too big, then that can very easily become your reality. And so I said, I want to do something about that. And in 2015, I started my own company called Overcoming Graduation. And it's really funny, man, because my experience and the things I've done haven't come with this well thought out 10 year plan where I mapped it out and then I executed effectively. It was like, let me just try, like, <laughs> let me see. And, and honestly, for all the listeners who are like, well, how do I know it's the right path? 
I think one of the best things you can do is just get started and experiment first. Like try little things. Don't, you know, change your whole career and apply to school. It's like, try it out, talk to people. And so as I started to get engaged and I started to go to personal development events, I was like, this is what I want to do. And so as I did that, I've had a day job the whole time, but I've built up my company and I've got better and better day jobs that have facilitated my dream. It's like Lisa Nichols says, she looked at her day job as the first investor in her future success. And so, because for me, I would hear people say, either you're a corporate drone and you're miserable, but you have security, or you're an entrepreneur and you have freedom, but you have all this risk. And neither of those is true. And I said, well, how can I do both? How can I fuel this dream and have the, you know, healthcare and all this stuff, but still be working towards that so I can ultimately do what I'm here to do. And so I launched Overcoming Graduation, started with a podcast, and then my first product was a book. Then I started doing coaching. I started doing information products, and that's evolved over the years. And I've been able to speak across the country now. Now I do speaker training and executive speaker training. And uh, that's kind of the quick summary of where we are today. But you know, there have been a lot of adventures to get there. And uh, throughout my 20s, I'm 32 now. I really put an emphasis on travel. So I got to see a lot of the world and there are, there's so many lessons that I feel compelled to share and experiences I've had where I've had been blessed and been given so much love that I feel it's my responsibility to spread that. And so I'm like, this is not only the best way, but my favorite way. And it lights me up the most. So when I get to connect with people like you, and when we get to go to events like date with destiny, where we met with Tony Robbins and we get to share and connect with like-minded people. Life feels different because it is different because you're with people that in a sense, it's like you could use the analogy, like they're out of the matrix where most people you talk to are kind of in this, but you're like, oh shit, you took the, you took the, what is it? The blue pill? I forget, I forget which it's like, you took the same pill. We're out, man. And then now you can start building life together. So, and I think that's your first official curse on your podcast. So as promised. So <laughs> yeah. now that's all good, bro. Um, so uh, I just want to know, cause a lot of, I know a lot of people here in New Zealand have a moment at university. I had it as well, um, where you become a little bit lost and you're a bit unsure of where you're going. Um, like for me, when I first went to university, I went to go study law, um, something that obviously is kind of pushed on by a lot of people because of, you know, it's a respectful career. It's a well-earning career. Um, and you kind of are brainwashed in this, um, in the story of you finish high school, you go to university and um, you get your degree and then you work in that job just as, just as you said. But some people, and I know a lot of people here in New Zealand have gone to university and then they've come to the um, conclusion that maybe I don't want to be a lawyer. Maybe I don't want to um, study. Maybe I want to learn a trade and become a builder or a plumber or whatever. Um, did you ever face anything like that in your, in your journey? 100%. Um, and I mean, it was one of the biggest reasons I wanted to start a company that could address the problem. Because I wouldn't say it's some people, I would say it's the great majority of students when they go to school. Because when I go and speak at schools now, I see the fear and I see the, the panic. Because a lot of people like me feel like, what if I make the wrong decision and I mess up the rest of my life? What if I pick this major and I commit myself to a life of unhappiness? And 
fortunately, I have some good, uh, some good tips and tricks that I've learned over the years to help with this. But also one of my favorite things is helping to alleviate the fear because so when I was a sophomore in college, I would have been 19 years old. You have to declare your major in the US, right? So you're in your second year and out of four years, and now you've got to pick what you're going to do the rest of your life. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. And the people that I looked at that were like, I know I'm going to be a doctor and they're locked in and they're just super clear. It baffled me because I was like, I have barely even begun to understand who I am and what I want to do. Like, I, you know, I, 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 at that point I was sleeping into like noon every, I was missing noon classes. That's how like, like late I was. And I'm like, I don't even like, I'm struggling with just that, let alone the grand purpose for my life. And so I remember just going, okay, well, what's, what's important to me? What do I know I want to do? And my parents met in France and my mom was a Canadian citizen. My dad is from New Jersey. And I heard stories of travel my whole life. You know, my mom, her dad worked for the World Bank. So she was born in Sri Lanka when it was still called Salon. So before the country name changed, she did two years of high school in Canada, two years of high school in a mud hut in Kenya. She did two years of college in Canada and then another two in France and where she met my dad in Grenoble in the south of France. So I heard travel, right? And I was like, that sounds cool. And I'd been, and I'd been studying Spanish. And so I knew Spanish and I was like, I really wanna see the world. So what can I do to travel? And I swear to God, this is as far as I went in terms of picking my career path. I went to, I was in the business school and I went to a career fair and I said, what's a good major for traveling? Cause I was like, I, I kind of like the marketing class I took in high school, but what's a good major for travel? And they're like, oh, supply chain. I was like, great, I'll do that. That was it. Like this was not a grand scheme. I was like, oh, and Penn state had the number one supply chain program in the country. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to have good job opportunities and I'll get to travel. That was it. Now, here's the thing, man. I don't know how many times we need to hear this for it to get through at a deeper level. But I think when you're in college, you're distant from it because you go, oh, okay, I'm not in the working world yet. And you don't see your friends going through it, but I'm 32 now. Like I've seen the ups and downs of 10 years since graduating from school. And the thing that I think is so critical is like money will not create happiness this whole, and I know that's like trite to say, I know this is something we've all heard before, but most of us and myself included in college go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But once I have a ton of money, then I'll focus on that happiness stuff. And what ends up happening is it becomes a never ending journey where we're chasing this thing that is always moving away. Cause what it's really about is security and safety. And we go, oh, I'll feel safe when I have $10,000 in the bank and you get there and you're like, shit, I, I still don't feel safe. Well, now what? Maybe it's 50,000 and you get there and then most people get to their 50s or 60s and they get to retirement age and they go, what have I been doing with my life? So a big part of what I want to do is shake people out of that, but also show them how much more fun life can be along the way and how much more incredible experiences can be there. And this is one of the number one things I share, especially with college students. It's beneficial for any age, but this uh, piece of advice from Elizabeth Gilbert. So she's the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And I have never read the book or seen the movie, but I heard her interview. And he was asking her, he's like, you know, Elizabeth, you say uh, it's this whole journey about people finding themselves. So what advice do you give people when they ask you, like, how do I find that thing from me? And she goes, don't follow your passion. And I was like, 
what the hell? I'm like, this is supposed to be motivational. This is going against everything I know. But what I will say is very often it's the one counterintuitive idea that you stick with for a minute that tends to hold the most truth. And she goes, don't follow your passion, follow your curiosity. And I went, huh? Because when I thought about my own journey and then the clients I work with, you know, either in coaching and speaking, people get so hung up on passion, especially in the personal development world, because it starts with good intent, right? They say, Shay, just find your passion, man. Find the one thing that gets you to spring out of bed every morning, and then you'll be just driven forever, which bullshit, first off. But secondly, uh, <laughs> like I, there, there, are things, there are things that have become common in the personal development world that I think are detrimental. It's like when we try to frame it this way, but I'll, I'll get to that. Um, but secondly, most people and I've done this many times, use finding their passion as a way to procrastinate. It's what I call creative procrastination is when we do something that seems productive, but isn't actually getting us anywhere. We're not taking any real, we're like, oh, I just want to plan. I just want to map things out. Like I just need to, I need a sign from God. I need a vision, right? Like it's like, we get put all these things between us and serving that greater purpose. And so when she said, follow your curiosity, that takes all of the pressure out of it. Like, oh, I want to go try a salsa class. You know, I, I've always wanted to go to that beach, uh, like up north from me. I don't know why, but sure, let's go. Like, let me try a cooking class. It's like, let me just go meet 10 new people today. You don't need to know or have everything all figured out, which by the way, you know, uh, spoiler alert, none of us have it all figured out. And I've even gotten to meet many of my like real life heroes through the work that I've done. And they don't even have it all figured out. When I saw them, I was like, oh, okay, it clicked. So the first thing is don't follow your passion, follow your curiosity. The second piece is um, your passions will be revealed through you experiencing life. So when you go out and try things and do new things, you're going to be like, wow, I really love this. And then you're going to try other things go, you know, that's not really not for me. And then eventually you can work into a point where it's like, well, I love this so much. I want to make this a big part of my life. I don't even just want it to be a, ha a hobby. I want to help other people. And then it can become a business and grow. So when people feel lost and people feel scared, the first thing, no one has it all figured out. And that always, I like, um, I studied NLP. And so you can watch people's body language and stuff. And uh, you'll see just the shoulders drop and they go, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> like, the pressure we put on ourselves to have it all figured out by 19 when there are, if you think about it, there are people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who've studied something for a lifetime, and they're still trying to figure it out. And that's just one aspect of life. So that, then start following your curiosity more, like get engaged, and be willing to be wrong. You know, like, oh, I know how this is all going to play out. Really? Go try it. You know, tell me after you've done it. And when you do those things, you're out experiencing life you're seeing more, you're doing more, you're making more friends. And when you do more things and you're more curious, you're going to start building the relationships with people who are like-minded. And what I have learned and all my mentors say is life is about the relationships. Because everyone thinks I'll get all the money and then I'll worry about that stuff later. But you got the biggest house, the most money, you got a yacht, you got all these things, but you haven't spent any time cultivating relationships with anyone and not with yourself. And now you're just in a big house alone. It's like, who wants that life? exactly bro it's funny that you say that i've never heard um the curiosity thing before i've always been told um to be honest to follow your passion growing up yep 
and it's, we all it's, are we all are exactly but and um it's quite funny because um i say like growing up i'm still 20 22 so i yeah, still yeah. feel like i've got a lot of growing up to do um mm-hmm. but i'm happy that i've sort of touched on this journey early because yes it gives me a lot more insight into into what i can do to better my life from mm-hmm. a starting point as opposed to going with the the stock standard um ever like same size fits everyone else like sort of way of people being brought up by not only the appearance but by government influence and by um the education system all those things that are molding people almost the same way because they don't want them to be different almost i, I, I don't know i don't even know what it is but when when you talk about curiosity and relationship building one of the things that i wrote down at the tony robbins event was my strengths with creating relationships with others and actually loving to do that to create yes. that connection with someone and and build upon it into a into a friendship or with my was into a relationship but not a lot of people value the skill of relationships or think it's an important thing and um, I, I used to be someone, the old Shay, as I like to refer now. Um, used <laughs> old to be, patterns. Yeah, yep. my old pattern was was one of them was certainty, and it was also connected with worry, which is my top away value now, because I really don't want to worry, and it was an overthinking mindset of trying to think about everything that is going to happen to me before it's mm-hmm. even happened, and almost preparing for the worst. So when the worst comes. I don't, I don't um, feel disappointed or hurt or affected by it as now I've taken this mindset of it's not, it's going to work out. Like uh, if it doesn't, then it's still like a great thing. I'm still going to learn from it. And I used to say, oh, you know, when you have failures, when you make mistakes, you learn from them, but I wasn't really learning from them. I was just, just uh, repeating them. Yeah. Yeah. I was just repeating them. I was attracting them almost. Um, It was the law of attraction almost. Um, So coming into that, bro, you, you would have learned a lot on that, um, on that expedition and travel. Um, I, I haven't started traveling until I was about 19. I went to Australia when I was about 16, um, because Australia is so close, um, mm-hmm. for a sports competition, a world championship, um, which was a big learning trip for myself. I got injured, didn't even get to do what I went there for. Um, but it wasn't a, it wasn't travel. It was, you know, we're there business. for purpose. Yeah, it's yeah, business. yeah. You're yeah. there for work. Yeah. Was it rugby as well? Um, no, it was um Wakaama, which is like outrigger canoeing. It's a canoe sport. Oh wow, that's amazing. Um, and it was on a day off, and um, I like to say a shark done it, but unfortunately, it was a wave. <laughs> it was a wave. I was body surfing a wave, and I dislocated my shoulder. The one body part <laughs> that you most, you know, you need in outrigger canoeing is your shoulder because you're you're paddling. Um. And my, my, my focus shifted from um, how can I win to how can I be the best teammate to my friends to ensure that they put themselves in the best possible position to win. Um, and and that, wasn't, that wasn't just my own mindset. Like that was almost um, put on to me. My, mom, my mother was uh, a strong woman and she's a very, um, she's very gifted at, changing 
um, a negative thought to a positive thought in that aspect. Um, I remember we cried for about five minutes and she said, um, okay, that's enough of you now. Now let's focus on what we're there for and that's to do the very best that we can. And that's what happened. But it wasn't until I started traveling with Maya to different places and also with my family on a cruise that I learned different ways of life or different views of life. And it wasn't even just talking to people. It was seeing it. It was experiencing the food. It was experiencing a different culture, like feeling different to what I'm, what the norm is to me. Mm -hmm. What did that teach you, Bo? Like traveling around? Where, where did you go exactly <laughs> as well? Well, um, well, first off, on the relationship thing and on building relationships that a lot of people don't value, it's actually becoming one of the most valuable skills in the marketplace period now. Um, what I see, and when I go speak at either universities or schools, uh, the younger either like students or children are having trouble even making eye contact now. Like having just a face-to-face -face conversation is becoming a lost art. And people are used to just clicking a button and now we're friends. And it's like, where actually building a relationship takes some effort and getting to know someone. So I would say that will be one of your greatest gifts because that is, that's one of my things as well as one of the things I've always been best at and connected with most is genuinely being interested in another human being because I'm not going to them and saying, how can I get from you? I'm just going, who are you? Tell me your story. So don't ever lose sight of that because it is getting increased and it will only with the increases of technology, augmented reality, virtual reality. It's like, it's only people are going to get more distant if technology continues the way it does, which it most certainly, like most certainly will. So keep that in mind because you're going to be the person that's able to make a connection. And they're like, say, how do you just like talk to people like that? And you're like, oh, well, I'm just being me. Like, it's like, but to others, you, you may just go, it's just me being me, but it's a superpower. So don't lose sight of that. So travel, holy hell, I could do a whole, a whole yeah, hours you, on travel. You can uh, tell us, you can tell us those, those dangerous late night stories as well. That's all right. Yeah. You would have learned <laughs> there, a lot from those. Eh? There have been those as well. Yes. <laughs> um, but so I've been to 17 different countries. Um, I studied abroad in Spain. I lived in Brazil for work uh, after graduating for a while. Um, so I've been, uh, I've done, I have never been to, uh, I have not done Africa yet. And that's definitely on my list, especially with my mom having lived there and loved it so much. And I've heard so many great stories about her time in Kenya, but um, I have, I'll, I'll rattle off a few, uh, but yeah, I studied in Spain. So I went to Ireland, Italy, Belgium, uh, Switzerland. I've been to Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Argentina, Brazil, uh, Paraguay. Um, I've been to Hong Kong, uh, mainland China, Cambodia, Macau. Um, so I have been all over. And now, not just travel, but language. Those are two things I want to hit on. So for if there are students listening to this and uh, – like, like I said to you and Maya, I was like, the number one thing I recommend to college students is study abroad. Because my junior year of college, I studied abroad in Spain. And that was my first time really being outside the US. And similarly, like we were talking about um, experiential learning or be curious. A lot of people think they know what the world is like because they watched a documentary or they went on Google. 
It's like saying, I've seen the Eiffel Tower. And it's like, no, you haven't. Like, cause standing and looking up at it is a whole different experience with like baguette smell legitimately. And some of the best baguettes I've ever had in my life. And it's like, but I would also say the interesting thing about travel is your biggest moments often aren't the ones you expect. It's not standing on top of the Eiffel Tower, looking at Paris. It's not uh, climbing a mountain in the South of Spain. It's these little moments and these little things where you're reminded of what really matters. And you're reminded of the most important things in life are these little moments with the people you care about. And when I think back on travel, there's good, there's good and bad. And especially traveling alone, people go like, oh, I'm going to go see the world. And it's like, it can be very lonely, but also you learn about yourself in kind of an, an accelerated way because in your day-to-day, there's so much routine that you just kind of operate uh, out, of, out of habits and patterns most of the time. You're just kind of just you know going through the motions in a good portion of your day. When you go somewhere new, your brain is activated. And we can go deep on this, but you know, I, that's probably for like you know, your amygdala and then your prefrontal cortex and stuff. We'll, 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 I, I, I geek out on this stuff, but I have to remind myself, not everyone wants to go too deep. But um, your brain gets so overwhelmed because it's like everything is new and it needs to pay attention to every detail. But then it forces you to realize how much just magic is in every moment. Like the littlest, tiniest things you're seeing interactions, you're hearing words, you're seeing, you're smelling smells. It's all new and different. And I remember being in Spain and I love growing up in the U S I love living in the U S and I thought like, Oh, the U S is the best. That's what I always heard growing up. Right. Then I go to Spain and I'm like, there's a lot of things here that I enjoy more than back home. And there are certain things back home. I like more than here. And it's like, but I was starting to see, hey, maybe we don't have everything all figured out. Maybe we don't have all the answers in terms of like the best way to operate a society and even just something small. So I was in college when I went. And what I noticed was with my American friends growing up and we started drinking way too early. And it's like, but when we were drinking, it was always let's get drunk and then go do something. Right. So let's let's just get totally messed up. Right. Oh, we're going to get fucked up. It's going to be great. Then we'll go do something. We'll go to a party or we'll or no, we'll be at a party and all this. And, and when I went to Spain, they said, hey, let's get together and we'll have some food and drinks. And so it sounds small, but it's a fundamental shift because the emphasis was on time with each other and with friends. It wasn't about the drinking and partying and meeting girls or whatever. It was about, hey, I'm here with you. I'm here with my, I'm here with my brother Shay. We're going to hang out. I'm going to see how you're doing. You good? You bet. What's going on, man? Like it, there was this depth of connection that I hadn't really seen at home. And I was like, wow, this is a totally different way to live. Same thing in Brazil. And this is why, like, I believe I'm like Latin on the inside because, you know, I speak Spanish and Portuguese. I love Latin dance. I love the culture. And when I saw cultures that were relationship first, like connection first, and then not like action and activity, that really stood out to me. And also the, the physical affection. Like I'm a very, like I hug everybody. It's a kiss on the cheek. Like I love people. And so I tell people when I worked in Brazil, the way I started my day in Brazil would have landed me in HR in the US because the way you start your day in Brazil is you give every girl the like, like the, you just like touch cheeks and make the kissing sound and every guy gets a hug. If I tried to hug somebody in my office in the US, they'd like tase me or something. So, you know, it's, uh, it's so different, but I started, and you know what, probably the biggest lesson. 
you know, I've had interactions with people where we didn't share a single word in common, where we had lived totally different lives, but wow. you could see and you could learn through things that the one thing that's been consistent is that people want the same things at a fundamental level. I would say most, and here's the other one, and this might go contrary to a lot of like what news would say is the great majority of people are good people just trying to make a better life for themselves and the people they care about. People want the same things and they're just trying to do better. They're just trying to, you know, make it work. The, what we see in the news is that the world is this crazy, dangerous, horrible place full of horrible people just waiting for you to let your guard down. And a lot of people go, well, I'm not traveling. I'm not getting out there. The reality is, yes, there are dangerous people and there are bad things that happen. But in the same way, it's like if we don't even go outside because, you know, I might skin my knee or I might dislocate my shoulder. You know, it's like, well, you'll never have the experiences and you'll never get to learn and you'll never get to grow. And dude, I, I think you should go with a bear. You say like there was a bear swimming yeah. and it was going to attack your teammates. And so you like fought the bear, but he got one good shot in. But, you, you know, but it's like. I'm still in the creation process of that story. You know, it's still, no, it's still a, coming to me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. What? No, okay. No, it was a whale and the yeah. whale uh, got, he got, he got eaten by the whale. Yeah, but I saved my other five mates. That's what yeah. happened at this stage. <laughs> there, there was a kitten and a baby in the water and I swam to save them, but the shark, I had to punch the shark. Um, so, so yeah, man, but travel, it's one of the most important things in life because you know, like some people have grown up their entire life and never experienced what it's like to be the minority in any way, whether that is, you know, racially or their language or um, in any type of respect, they're just like, oh yeah, this is how things are. And it's like, a lot of people go, oh, I'll just be immersed in the culture and I'll learn a language. But when you've been in a country where you know none of the language and you can't even, you can't even like do the most basic, you can't even say, where's the bathroom? Trust me, that's a scary time. Um, then you have to gesture and you're like, I need to, uh, you know, and you're making gestures and like, please understand. And they're laughing. It's, it's these beautiful little moments, man, that remind you that the greatest things in life. And when we look back on our lives and when we talk with our, like our, our elders, they're like, it's those little things. It's those tiny moments. And when we get to share them with people around the world, you realize we are so much more similar than we are different. So honestly, that's, if there's one big lesson to pull from all of it, you know, I've seen the heart in people and that's why, that's why I'm so committed to helping people all over because I want to help people see that as well. I want to help people see like, you might go, oh, that culture or that religion or that this, that you may have a, like a preconceived notion about actually meet and talk to that person. You're going to have a whole different experience. And in fact, you may surprise yourself and go, oh, I actually really love that person. Wow. I never like, it's like when people in the U S are like diehard fo football fans and they're like, I would never. And it's like, dude, you have so much in common with that guy. You just wear a different Jersey. Really? You're the same person. So just take a minute, you know, have a beer and relax and you'll see it, you know? So. Oh, that's, that's so true. And I love how you touched on, um, creating connections with people from a different culture and stuff, despite whether or not um, you may not speak the language. And quite often, if you make language the barrier, you're never going to create that, that connection. I went to um, an island called um, Mare. I think it's like a New Caledonian um, okay. uh, island. Um, and they speak French or French Polynesian. Mm -hmm. um, and... 
I was on a cruise ship and we all hop off and it would be an, a normal day for them um, when the cruise um, people hop off and they set up a big market for everyone and, you know, sell mm-hmm. food to probably earn money, earn some money off um, the tourist. Yep. Um, and I remember going to one of these stores and um, they they knew what a Māori person was which was um the native uh, indigenous people of new zealand which and, you guys just taught me the other day i just learned that so i was like and i was so excited because i was like oh wow i didn't even realize and you were telling me about the different languages so yeah please uh, like and but again that's another thing where i'm like oh shit there's even more exciting cool shit to learn about out there that i didn't know you know so exactly bro and so i was wearing a thing uh we call it a, a ponamu um over here and it's pretty much like a green stone rock and it's quite a sacred rock okay. that um it, it can be gifted to you it's obviously blessed before you wear it and it's um something that our ancestors used to wear and i was wearing that and they were wearing what would be their version of a ponamu i'm not too sure what what they called it mm-hmm. um but it was like a bone it must have been like a shark bone or something like that and it went from me buying uh, a curry off them, like some sort of curry that they traditionally eat, to them sitting me down at the back with like their young kids and I was having a meal with them. They couldn't understand much English, but when I would talk to them, they would like nod their head and be like, they'll speak in French to me. And it was just like a conversation of hand gestures, like like he was pointing at something and I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I'll point <laughs> at something and he would be shaking his head. And, and then it came to... Um, um one of the um older ladies she like kept on filling my plate up like for free and they were having a store um but it was this connection of cultures almost i felt like and i will never forget that bro like i didn't ask for any of that i just went and to be my normal self to buy a curry and try and conversate with them and then that turned out into a meal with all their family and um it's quite funny because I've never been a real big drinker. And if I do have a big drink, then it's usually for an occasion. It's for birthday. It's for um, a wedding or whatever. Um, And that's when I'd get, you know, drunk. But to be (laughs) honest, I'm, I'm more of a fan of conversation, good food, good company, um, the odd board game here and there as (laughs) well. Um, And, and a few quiet drinks as, as I'd like to call it because you learn more in the situation than, than um just getting drunk all the time to be honest and you remember it yeah (laughs) Yeah. you don't go wait we had a great conversation what was that about last night yeah exactly um but i want to move on to a little bit um more about your business um Mm -hmm. so you actually can i can i give you one uh uh language related story real quick because you reminded me of one yeah go for it so because this is the other thing is um being born speaking English as your native language is what in many ways a huge benefit. But you can see this in the US in particular, in many cases that people will go, people will expect to be accommodated, right? Like it's like they go to another country that like, why doesn't someone speak English here? I'm like, you're in a fucking different country. Like, they're like, so I'm like, you're here, you're not here. Like, they're like, where's McDonald's? I'm like, go home if that's what you're here for. It's like, but the, it's it's it just it frustrating. I've I've seen like you know the the not good side of American travelers, and I'm so I I try to be like guys. We're not all like that, but but when it comes to language, people go like, oh you know people should just speak English. People do this, and they should know and all this. But there is such a magic in being able to hear someone tell their life story in their own language and understand it. And 
when I was a junior in college, right before I went to Spain, I was about to stop studying Spanish because it was just so boring in class. It was the same things over and over. And we're going to learn the pluperfect subjunctive, but you're rarely ever going to use it. I'm like, why are we learning it if the goal is to talk? And so I go to Spain and I stay with a host mom. And it was me, uh, another student, and our host mom, Mavi. It's M-A-V-I was her name, Mavi. And the first two weeks, I barely understood her. She had the thickest Andalusian accent. And I was like, uh, I was like, I thought I was fluent in Spanish, but I stuck with it. And so here's the thing, not just the moments where we have those interactions where we don't know the language. I got to have one of the most magical experiences of my life because my parents flew over to visit me during my study abroad. And I was a few months in, so I was like killing it. I was solid. I was this, you know, pale red haired dude running around with like a fluent fluent spanish with an end like a southern spain accent which did not make sense but it's like people are like what and so my parents come and we get to go out to this italian restaurant with mavi mavi didn't speak a word of english my parents not a word of spanish but here was the amazing thing we got to sit down food's great and mavi's a big talker like my, my families are big talkers you know and it's like we love to share stories but what they did was Mavi would look at my mom and she would say a couple sentences and then I would translate. And then my mom would look, was looking at Mavi the whole time and she would say a few sentences and then I would translate. And so I realized they're having the conversation. I'm just facilitating it. So I got to facilitate this conversation between my parents and, you know, like my, my Spain mom, you know, it's like, so my actual parents and my Spain parent. And, and it's like, I got to be, the connector. And my dad has said to me, he goes, Brian, I see you as a translator. And this is something that like, is one of my favorite compliments I've ever gotten. And it's something that I think it's like, is part of who I am, am and am meant to be is he's like, not just a translator of language, but of ideas of concepts of, of, you know, taking fear and doubt and turning it into hope. And that's what I see with coaching. And this can feed into the business question, but I love when I see somebody and I can be on stage and say, talk to an audience with what I've learned from my mentors and have them realize that the pain, the fear, the doubt, like I can't figure out my passion. What do I do? Follow your curiosity. And in a simple moment, there can be a reframe where their whole reality changes just by the words, just by the story. And so when you talked about that moment where you're sitting there and it's all hand gestures and you know, you're barely able to communicate and sometimes it doesn't come through and then you laugh because you realize hey, it's okay. Sometimes we don't get it. And sometimes you do, but you, you, what you built, and in that moment, you had a genuine human connection that wasn't about anything else but this moment. And it's like, and what I think we're all craving is more of that, but we don't realize it. I agree, bro. I, I so agree. And I even can relate to the situation of you and uh, Marvi and, and your and your mom. Like when I first met Maya, um, as you learned the other day, she speaks te reo Māori, which is... Um, like uh, I do very fluently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very fluent. Um, and bro, when I first went into that house and cause I'm moldy and I feel somewhat, um, I used to feel quite disappointed in myself um, hmm. because I wasn't able to speak my own um, language yeah. and I've moved to the mindset of, I just need to get out there and do it. I need to stop worrying about how I feel and just worry about getting out there and learning it. Yes. Um, when I first went into their house, they only speak to deal to each other. So they only speak to deal to um, each other and to her brother and 
they don't compromise um, translating um, or speaking English in front of me because I'm the difference in that. In that, right. um, not right. they they don't feel that they should have to change how they live forever mm-hmm. or lived mm-hmm. forever just so I can understand. And I respected that because I actually agreed. Because, bro, I've learned so much just by sitting there and yes. not understanding from the start to they can speak a whole whole sentence now and I can laugh at the end and know what they're <laughs> meaning. I can't I can't fully reply to them. I can right. say a few words here and there, but at the start they would be laughing and I would laugh too, but I'm like, wow, what are we laughing at? And, you know, I always thought in my head, there's going to come a time when I laugh and they're like, why are you laughing for like we're not even saying anything funny yeah um, so so uh, i can understand that when you get put in a position where you don't understand you it forces you to learn because you have no other other choice really and uh, it's one of the best things that's happened to me in my life to feel connected to the to the language that um that my ancestors spoke that my culture speaks yeah. and there's no better connection than that um Bro, and so with your business, bro, I just wanted wanted to move into that um, mm-hmm. for now for the podcast. Um, how did that come about, bro? Like, like in terms of like you you said that you wanted to make a difference, but did you realize you had to make a difference on yourself before you were able to do that? Like, have, I know you're continuously trying to better yourself, doing Tony Robbins. Um, you spoke a little bit about life mastery. Um, obviously two weeks ago we don't sorry david yeah, yeah, disney yeah. um mm-hmm. it feels like just yesterday that we were jumping up and down doing dances to kennedy but now it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a few weeks out yeah what what has that journey been like for your business growing yourself yeah wow it's it's a great question because so when i was i must have been I was still living in Wisconsin. So it probably would have been 2012, 2013 is when I first had the idea for overcoming graduation. Cause I was like, if I started a business, what would it be about? And again, my journey has not been one of degrees, certifications and clear plans. It has been, let me try and figure out a way to help and serve. And let me try to figure out this step. But to your point, if I want to inspire people to do this, I've got to live it and do it first. So I can't ask somebody or challenge somebody to do something if I'm not willing to, and if I haven't already done it. So when I had the idea, I was in my bedroom in Wisconsin. I was like, overcoming grad. I'm like, that's a great name. I was like, and I, I really like how it feels. And I, and it felt broad enough where I'm like, it's not just about college students. Like if someone graduated from high school, they have to overcome that graduation. And over the years, it's evolved to graduating to the next step, the next level. So, you know, it's no longer just a focus on that. But I knew if I want to have compelling, inspiring stories to tell, I need to live a compelling, inspiring life, not a compelling, inspiring life by other people's definition, one that is compelling and inspiring for me. Because you see a lot of people going, oh, I just need to live the way other people think that they're supposed to, and that'll inspire them. And those people end up miserable in a lot of cases because they're not being genuine to themselves. So what I realized I needed to do was, I was like, my day job isn't it. I know that. You know, my first job, I was doing 50 to 100 emails a day working in SAP, just literally modifying when someone says, hey, I want five cases left on this export shipment to Mauritius. And I'm like, go in, enter it, save. And that was all day. And it was the breaks and the things I loved were when I got to speak to in Spanish to, you know, our counterparts in Central and South America. Um, 
but I just knew I'm like, this isn't it. So I'm going to try and figure out what it is. And again, I got curious. I got interested. I started trying things. I started experimenting. I started getting into personal development. It was actually my brother who uh, sent me a Sean Stevenson clip for the first time. And you know that Sean is uh, one of my biggest mentors and he passed away two years ago. And, uh, and for anybody who is wondering, because a lot of people go, he sounds familiar. It's like, that's Sean. And I have his picture by me always. Um, and uh, that was kind of the impetus where I realized this whole game of creating a business for myself and working to make it a successful business, it starts with me because it's like Tony says, you know, the greatest, uh, what is it? The greatest, I'm forgetting the, the phrasing, but the biggest thing that will hold back your business is the owner. It's the person creating, it's the individual. Because if you think about it from a diet and exercise perspective, people know what they're supposed to do, right? They're like, oh, I know I shouldn't be having McDonald's for four meals a day, but uh, it's hard. I don't want to like, and so, and it's like, oh, it tastes good. I like the sugar. I like this. We know what we're supposed to. And I heard this, uh, this quote that was like, if, if lack of information was the problem, everyone today would have six pack abs and a million dollars. We have more information, more accessibility. I mean, we have children around the world teaching themselves coding and mechanical engineering just from YouTube videos. And so it's not that the info is not available. It's that we get in our own way. It's our insecurities, our doubts, our fears, our imposter syndrome. And so I realized very early on that I was like, whoa, I got a lot of work to do on me. And by getting connected with Sean, starting to go to personal development events when I was probably 23, 24 was my first one. Um, that was the game changer. Cause then I started to get in the environments. I started to get the proximity is power. You know, Sean would give speeches where he'd get $30,000 for a one hour keynote. And he's an amazing speaker too, bro. I've watched oh. some of his stuff, um, since meeting you and bro, like a, a real good teller of stories, like yeah. real engaging and connecting with it. You know what I mean? Like some people can tell a good story and you think it's funny in that, but you don't connect with it. Yeah. A lot of the stuff I connected with, and I watched one of his um, TED talks the other day and me yep. and Maya, um, probably after you'd done the speech training with us. Um, and we were just so inspired because, um, uh, I, you know, I mean this in no disrespect, but he had had probably had at some point a feeling of, He's got everything going against him in a way. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't let that, if he didn't let that be a reason why he can't do it, he made it the reason why he can, why he can. Yeah. And that's to me, that's so powerful just, just in that small moment, in my opinion, bro. And like, oh man, I, I, I send obviously uh, a rest, rest and peace, bro, to him. And, and, and um yeah I, I just it was a change for me i'd never seen anything like or felt anything like that in a speech bro and i don't know yeah. if you can hear it in my words or see it in my reactions but um yeah but i <laughs> no words really you know what i mean did, did i tell you one of my favorite quotes from him you probably did bro but <laughs> not on this podcast yeah. so <laughs> yeah so uh um, yeah, for the audience too, because this is one of my, you know, when he passed away, um, me and the people close to him said, like, it's our responsibility to keep his teachings going. You know, it's like a lot of the speaker training I'm 100. doing now is 
you know, this, the speech I gave that went viral was on his stage. And four years prior, I was the one in his audience feeling broken and lost and scared. And, you know, that was, and you know, this was three months after my mom had passed from pancreatic cancer and I was 24 years old. So yeah, I was 24 from my first personal development event. And, um, to go from four years, like he's this untouchable hero. And, you know, he's like this superstar with one, one of his viral videos had a quarter of a billion views, like, you know, just a prolific speaker he's speaking in stadiums. And then four years later, he's one of my best friends and he's introducing me to speak on his stage. And that speech goes viral. And the thing was, you remember at the Tony event, they said, are you a Tony fan or are you modeling Tony? And I'm like, I'm going to write this down and have this visible because I want to make sure I'm modeling the behaviors of the people that I want to emulate because it's really easy to be inspired, but to actually live the way, you know, Oh, I, I love that David Goggins gets up at 5am every morning and works out. It's like, yeah, but how many people do it? And so what Sean would say, and it was by years of ingraining these lessons and doing the work. And I mean, a lot of people think personal development work is all sunshine and rainbows. It's more like going into your deepest, darkest, heaviest shit and like working through it and reworking and reframing and seeing the purpose and coming at it with love. It's like, it's heavy, a lot of it. And a lot of it takes really facing up to ourselves. It's the person in the mirror. It's saying, you know, there were some of the best moments in my life have been when I've looked in the mirror and gone, Brian, you're full of shit right now. All these things you're telling yourself of you can't, you won't, and you don't have enough knowledge or experience. Like that's all bullshit. You've done this. Why are you hiding? And what Sean would say is never believe a prediction that doesn't empower you. His whole life, he was told, and yes, he talks about, he talked very openly about his insecurities, about his fears, about never finding love, about being openly discriminated against when he tried to get jobs. Like literally back in the day, they just said like, no, we think people will think you look weird. So we're not hiring you, which, you know, now in the U S would be like a lawsuit and all this stuff. But back then they were just, like, eh. no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he, his whole life was told things about what he would and wouldn't do. And he just chose to not believe the things that didn't make him stronger. And here's the thing, man, in all the successful people I know, you know, Tony talks about being unreasonable. Many people will say you're being unrealistic, right? You're being, it's impossible. You know, 50% of those fail if you start your own business. People will tell you these things and you have a choice. We all do. And that was something I realized because I spent so much time with Sean. Do I want to believe this and just stay in my current reality? And for, for people listening, if your current reality is exactly what you want to be, perfect. But very few, I don't know if I've ever met a person that's got things exactly the way they want them. But if you say, I'm going to choose to believe what empowers me, we're all going to have those voices. We're all going to have down days. We're all going to have ups and downs. We're going to have unexpected moments and, and tragedies and challenges in life. But we have a choice of what it means and whether or not, you know, is that tragedy going to destroy you or is that tragedy going to be the fuel that helps you serve in a way you never could have before because now you can relate to people's pain. Because, dude, when my mom passed, when actually before she passed on the day, the doctors told us, and I tell people the worst day of my life wasn't the day my mom passed away. It was the day the doctors told us there's nothing left we can do. On that day, my dad, my brother, and I, we said to each other, we're not going to let this make us hate life. And we're going to use what we learn to help people. And I had to go through a lot wow. and do a lot myself where I had to feel it. I had to go through it and I had to find the lessons and it, it wasn't easy. 
you know, and it's, and there's, I still am learning lessons from it. And I needed some time to just kind of process it. I was, I was numb for a while. Like I was not myself for a long time after she passed, but I knew in my heart, one day I'm going to use this to help people. And so that, so when someone says there are people who spend their whole lives having experienced some loss or some pain and feeling destroyed or feeling broken. And that's one of my missions to let people know that they're not broken. They may feel a little lost, but there's a way out and there's a way to use your pain to help and to use your unique gifts and your unique story to help. And that's, that's what I'm committed to do more than ever. Wow, bro. That's, that's so powerful, bro, that you, you, in in a time like that, you still have the maturity, the clarity, the understanding that you still want you well not even just you your brother and 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 your father as well you guys are still committed to helping people and learning from this experience and not letting it dictate how your life is going to be and a lot Mm. of people would in that situation just break down cry and grieve um and grieve for a long time um i've lost someone real significant in my life in 2018 and my grandfather and um it was actually how me and Maya met. I, I um, uh, weird first date, but I, uh, I brought her to, I brought her to the funeral. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it so is a weird she- first date. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how spiritual you are, bro. Um, I won't get into our whole story. Um, that's probably for a podcast for me and her, but um, bro, I always felt, like he's there for me you know what I mean like since he's passed I never felt obviously I don't feel him physically and see him physically but I feel him and I feel his guidance always looking over me and I feel a sense of um, I don't want to say safety because I don't feel that's the right word but I feel that he's always got me in his mind and I was trying to look out for me in a way so um, I don't know how spiritual you are, but I'm sure that um, your 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 mother's doing the exact same over you, bro. And looking down um, on all your successes and all the struggles, but still being very proud of who you are, who you're becoming, and what you're doing, bro. So um, I don't know if you're, you're you're very spiritual and believe that kind of stuff or not, but um, um, just from my side, that's what I feel like she would be doing for you, bro. So um, yeah, thank you, man, and. Uh, and yes, I like, so I, I believe in God, I believe in a higher power. And I also, I, I believe very deeply, there's a lot of magic that we don't understand. And there are things that I can't explain. And especially at these Tony, you know, the four Tony events I've done this year, I've had experiences where I'm like, shit, I can't explain that with words. And you know what, one of the biggest realizations for me when Sean passed and, and when my mom passed, because can I say too, bro, like, yeah, if you can't explain it with words, I sometimes believe that it's not meant to be explained in words. It's just meant yeah. to be felt and yeah. experienced, bro. Yes. Um, like, cause I, I'm the same, bro. Like I, I went into the Tony event thinking I wasn't going to cry. Couldn't bother <laughs> writing notes all day. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, spoiler alert, I did have a few, <laughs> just a couple of tears, you know, not, not, not too many. Um, I had buckets, but you know, <laughs> who's counting, right? Is it a contest? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but there's some things you just can't put words to bro and i i firmly and still believe that sometimes you're not supposed to put words to it you're just supposed to experience it and feel it for what it is and if you can and if you want try and replicate that experience for yourself but also for others and um i'll let you continue about what you're going to say bro but um I, i just wanted to touch on that no i love that and i think there's there's a lot of wisdom there man it's uh i if you're not hearing this already, as you do this more, you're going to start to hear like, wow, you, you, you really have a lot of these things figured out for, you know, a guy who's in his early twenties. Cause it was because you're doing this work. We like, we go, yeah, we're in this work. We're doing it, but we don't realize most people never do anything like this. And so I, you know, I heard those things in my twenties as well. And when you said, I was like, damn, man, I was like, Shay, that's, that's deep, man. And it's like, but it's beautiful. And here's the thing too where when I was younger, I had a lot of anger towards God. And I was, and I actually forgave God at date with destiny, like deeply, which I, and I had the biggest epiphany of my life, which we can go into if you'd like. But um, one of the things that I decided again, cause we always have a decision is I was given so much love and knowledge and wisdom. And I had these people, my, my, my mom, Sean, pour into me for years, like just give of themselves so fully. And I could go, God, when I did, I did for a while. God, how could you take away the best people in my life? Right? Like, how could you, it's like, you know, my family, that, that's been every, I, I said, I could do anything with my family. And you take like one of the three legs of the tripod. It's me, my mom, my, you know, my dad, my brother. It's like, you take that tripod. Now, how am I going to do this? And then I go, I didn't even know, realize this at the time. I was looking for someone else to fill that slot of that, like, you know, mentor, supporter. And then it's like, I find Sean. And I'm like, great, now I can do anything again. And then Sean passes away. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like you know, the anger, man, the anger that I had. And I repressed for a long time. I was like, oh, I'm not angry. And then I had a coach to help me let it all go. But I realized that I had a choice on how I use that pain. And the greatest storytellers and the greatest people that are the people that have the greatest impact are the ones who they're not the ones who everything went perfect for. They're the ones they went through all kinds of hell, whether personally, professionally, both. And they came through it. Those are the stories we want to hear the best movies. You know, we were talking about Lord of the Rings. It's like, oh, you know, Frodo just took a plane and went to Mordor and dropped it in. It's all good. It's like, no, he had to go through all this chaos. And and it's like, those are the stories that resonate because that is like the human condition. And when we see other people overcoming, we know we can too. So I realized I'm like, part of my mission and part of my purpose is to share the love that has been poured into me my whole life. Like I realized I'm overflowing with it. When I've given speeches at like elementary schools, there's some kids who've never been told you can do it, anything. They've never been told a positive word. And I'm like, oh my God, when you realize that and you go, it's not like we, we there's all this fear about speaking and all get putting myself out there. And what if they don't like it? It's like, when you can just look a kid in the eye and say, you can do it. Yeah. It's like, it's going to take work and you're going to have to learn and grow, but you can do it. And they go, oh my God, the first time in their life, they maybe have heard that. It's like, that's when this stuff is all worth it, man. It's like, that's when that's when you get like, when we get outside of ourselves, when we get outside of our stories and our doubts and our fears and all of our insecurities, when we get out of all of this focus and we see that person like just standing over there may just need one word today or a hug or to your point, just a feeling, just eye contact, a hug, just to say like, Hey, I'm with you and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like 
sometimes the greatest gifts we have to give are the simplest things that we neglect day to day. And when we remember that, we realize how much more connection and ability we have to touch people's lives. Bro, and and Tony says it right. Like, that's not woke. That's being awake. When uh, when he yes. when he said yeah, that, and I, I was love like, that. Yes. I love yes. that. Um, bro, um, you've already touched on a couple. Your mother, um, Sean, but um, I've just got a couple more questions for you, and then yeah. we'll get into some quick fire questions. Um, Absolutely, because um, I know it's a Saturday over where you are. Um, Saturdays are probably one of my favorite days um, <laughs> and not because they're for the boys, but um, said there's just a great day in my opinion. Um, and, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to hold you up too long as well, but. Okay, well, I'm here with you and I'm glad to be here. So I love doing this because this is me living my purpose right now, dude. So you're helping me share with more people. So this is a gift. So remember that. No, thank you, bro. I appreciate that. So you touched on Sean, you touched on your mother. Um, who have been some influential people that you've had in your life um, that you've worked with bro, in terms of um, maybe you've been able to help and you've come into it thinking, man, like this guy's amazing. This guy's, he does this, does that. And then when you get down, down and deep with it, you realize, man, I'm so thankful that I've just sprinkled a little bit of salt in his, in his journey. Is there, you got anyone that comes to mind or maybe a couple of people? Yeah. And you're talking clients I've worked with yeah, or like that I've coached. Yes. Uh, many. Um, yeah, it's coaching is a really interesting thing because you are, you be like, you go deep in a person's life in a way that no one may have ever before. And it's a huge, and like, I, I really, I hate the, um, the, cliche things that people will say when it's not genuine. Like I'm a big, like I I'm huge on the authenticity of things. We'll be like, Oh, is it a pleasure and an honor? And it's like, you know, and they're saying it with this monotone. It's like, so when I say it's an honor to be a part of people's lives, I mean that to my core, like it's an honor to be invited in to share in their best and worst times and to help them create the life they want. And so I have had, Oh God, I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts in my life is seeing the shift in a person. It's seeing them go, I can do it. Um, now there's, there's many. So I, I've got a, a, a few in mind. There was one, uh, one young man I worked with and, you know, I'm always very clear with people because, you know, coaching is not psychotherapy. It is not, you know, meant to replace those things. So it's like, just to be clear with people. And it's like, it's not a medical thing. It's like, I'm going to coach you. It's like, we're going to focus on goals. We're looking at your future. We're going to help you create, you know, it's not like Tony talks about. It's not about cleaning up and going through all the past stuff necessarily. And it's like, but it's almost like I, going to the gym for your life. almost. Yes. Eh? Yes. It's exactly. an analogy. Yeah. 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 It's like, you're going to do the reps and do the work it's going to take to create the life or the body you want. So exactly. That's a great analogy. And, um, and so there was a guy that came to me and, uh, he was addicted to cocaine. He was an alcoholic. Um, he had just gotten out of an unhealthy relationship and was really crushed from that. Uh, hated his job and was just kind of feeling broken. I uh, gained a bunch of weight. He was eating poor, like just kind of everything was in this downward spiral and he didn't know what to do and he'd hit rock bottom. And so I talked to him and I said, listen, you know, I got to be clear about what I am and what I'm not. You know, it's like, so it's like, I, I, I've been to therapy and it's like, and that can be a great supplement to what we do. So it's like, it's not one or the other. 
And I was like, also it's like for medical and dietary things to check with your doctor first. It's like, you know, cause for me, it's like, I have to be, I have to have the, the highest level of responsibility for what I share and knowing that not every answer is a one size fits all. And, you know, it's like, or I might've done something dietarily that might not be good for somebody else. So it's like, so we have to take our own responsibility. And I said, if you're willing to do that, we can do some work and we can do some massive things. And he said, okay, I'm, I'm ready. And he'd hit rock bottom. There's no one else to go and he's ready. In a week, he, uh, we broke his cocaine addiction in one week and he didn't have it again. Uh, and, and the entire time we worked together. And then I checked in with him a year later and he said, you know, man, I, I had it again. Uh, one time, you know, I was around those friends and again, environment, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. And it's like, he's like, I, I had it, but I did it. And I went, this isn't me. And that dude, that, that is the shift in identity. That's what we go for. That's the real, like all my study of habit change and, you know, mindset, psychology and all these things. It's when the identity shifts where, you know, why does someone crave a cigarette every single day? And the other person goes, I, I have no interest in cigarettes. You know, I'm not a smoker. It's like the power of those words I am. And so we broke his cocaine addiction. I said, do you want to eliminate alcohol or you just want to have a healthy relationship? He said, healthy relationship. We got him there. Uh, he lost 20 or 30 pounds within three months we worked together. Um, and then, and, uh, so I have people set goals in health, wealth, spirituality, and relationships, because for me, it's not adequate to just do one thing. Cause a lot of people go, let's focus on your wealth. And then all the other areas of your life suffer. And then, oh, but I made a bunch of money, but I'm miserable and I'm out of shape and you know all this stuff. It's like, no, it's gotta be balanced. And it's not always gonna be perfectly balanced all the time, but if we lose sight of relationships in pursuit of money, we're gonna have a bunch of money eventually, hopefully, not in every scenario. It's like, and, but then all of our relationships have suffered and many are gone. It's like, that's not the way, that's not what life is about to me. So that balance is key. And so he had just come out of a really unhealthy relationship. And I was like, do you want to be in a healthy relationship eventually? And he's like, well, yeah, but we don't need to worry about that. You know, we got three months, probably best just focus on, you know, like, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the health stuff and, you know, maybe looking for a new job. And I was like, you, but you want it eventually. And he said, yeah. And I'm like, put it down. I'm like, just, you know, right. Like have a healthy relationship with a woman that amazes, inspires and touches my heart. Someone that I, I support that supports me. I'm like, right. You know, just put that on the thing as we're doing our, our goal setting. <laughs> and I, I did again, I can't predict like, I'm just speaking like, that's my heart. That's the feeling. I'm like, that's what's coming through me. And I'm like, if I know it's what he wants, cause it's not about what I want. If that's what he wants, let's put it there. Cause again, we're going to put focus there and we're going to see not just a relationship, an incredible one, an inspiring one, an uplifting one. We worked together, I believe three months and two and a half months in, I met a girl. Huh? Huh? wow. And she's been through a lot too, but we've both done a lot of work on ourselves and we've both grown and wow, things are going really great. Wow. I actually think I love her. Brian, I'm engaged and now they're married. They live together. They've got a dog. Wow. So that for me, you know, do I know as a coach that's going to no, but I know if we block ourselves from the possibility and we don't put out into the world what we really want, we're not going to get it. And so 
And I know I knew this guy, huge heart, you know, huge, like emotional guy like me, like we cry and like we would get deep in these calls and it's like, but it's because there's, there's this overflowing of emotion that comes out either, you know, in, in intense, positive ways and crying all this stuff. Right. And so I was like, he's got a lot of love to give and he's got more than he realizes. But as my first coach said, it's, it's a coach's job to see further down the road for you than you can see for yourself. And so working with him, I knew he was a lot closer than he felt to a totally different life. And I needed to know he, cause I'm very selective who I work with. Like I've rejected a lot of people just because I'm like, I don't see a match or I don't believe they're ready to do the work. Like I can feel it. You can tell when someone's like, like it's like when someone gets a gym membership, just to say that they have a gym membership, like I'm making a difference and they never go to the gym. I tell people, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of work. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. And I can speak, I can speak to that because I've lived that so many times. Like, again, I've been through this over and over. I've invested tens of thousands. I mean, like probably, probably getting up to 70, roughly $70,000 in my education, in my own personal growth and development. And I still have student loans. You know, I still have things that I'm paying down. People might go, well, why don't you just pay the loans off first? And I'm like, because I'm not waiting for my development. I'm not waiting for things to be perfect. I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm doing the work and I'm leaning in because I'm not willing to let my, my growth wait because I've got work to do and people to serve. And to your point, if I'd learned this at 18 versus starting at 22, God knows where I'd be. If I'd learned it at 10, and I had incredible parents who worked on themselves and they gave me so many of these lessons. And it's like, so I had that, but imagine I had all that and all this knowledge. Now that's why I started the business. Cause I'm like, if I can get to college students and let them know depression doesn't have to be a reality, that can be a choice too. There are ways out. It's not to say you know, like, and I don't want to downplay or be like, there's not cases that are extreme that require, you know, extreme intervention, but the majority of people who are depressed just aren't engaging with life. They haven't sought out and gone out and experienced enough to find out what they are passionate about. Cause I've been there. Cause I was that guy in my depressed times. I've been like, Oh, well, life is just so hard. And I just wasn't celebrating all the magic that was in my life. So I love to help people take personal responsibility and take ownership and then make these massive shifts because we severely underestimate our ability as human beings to touch someone's life simply by being present and having a good conversation with them. You know, you could talk to anybody listening to this show has had a time where they were just there for somebody and changed somebody's life. Not because they had a coaching degree or they went to school for it, but just because they gave a shit when a person felt alone and lost and scared. And so for me, man, that's one of, I mean, there are many, many stories and, uh, that was in the, the more like coaching habit change space. Cause I, my two primary focuses right now are on the one side, it's coaching with habit change mindset shift. Cause I was like at the core of everything. If we know how to set goals effectively that are relevant to us and then create the habits and rituals to achieve them. If I give somebody the foundational stuff, they can use that for any habit they want in the future. Mm. I'm not just helping them achieve the goal. And then yeah. on the other side is the speaker training. And I've had some really fun things with that recently. But if you have other questions, because I know we're getting towards the end, uh, if you want another one, I can definitely give another. But uh, there's many, many. It's, it's a, it is a real gift, man, working with people and being a part of their lives. Because I've had people share with me things they've never shared with anybody else, their darkest, yeah. heaviest, craziest things. 
And because my coaches looked at me in my moments where I got terrifyingly vulnerable and shared the scariest things. And they just looked at me and said, okay. I was like, I've been able to do that for other people. And I see the freedom it brings. Absolutely, bro. Um, and that's something that we've done with Date with Destiny was sit down 100%. and really, really go deep into ourselves and think about those core problems and core uh, memories that, you know, eventuate into um, what Tony likes to call life patterns or the patterns that we live by. Um, right. Bo, we, I, I have some quick fire questions for you. Yeah. Hit me, Ve- man. Very, very, um, very tough questions to answer. Seven. Uh, it's seven. Did I win? <laughs> oh, Chewbacca. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I got we got to hop off now. You, you, you just no, no. Uh, he Brian's drunk. We got to go. <laughs> um, bro. So your top three songs in your playlist. Oh God! How dare you do this to me? That's not fair. You're talking to a guy whose podcast or, or not podcast uh, like playlist can be like hardcore rap and then go to share like this is oh my god top three all right i'll, I'll give some all right right now because that's I, this, that's the only way i'll get through this question 10 feet tall by Afrojack. um that's one of the tony robbins songs and that one for me it's meaningful it's uplifting and it you i could be working you know on my computer to it or i could be working out that's one on two um uh i lived by one Republic. That okay. was one of Sean's favorite songs. He played it at every one of his events. And there's a line that says with every broken bone, I swear I lived and he had a, a rare brittle bone condition. So, um, so it, it, that one has a lot of meaning and significance to me. And, uh, and now I want to go just like off the wall. Cause I mean, like I listen to like Brazilian funk, like, you know, that's I'm, I'm in all kinds of stuff. Um, you learn Man. a lot about people when they start mentioning their, oh, their songs, right? Hey. If if some if someone my my iPod is just confusing. Like I think of it, but there's there is no one thing. I'll have like Yo Yo Ma Cello Suite, and then like if you know Run the Jewels, the rap group who say <laughs> some of the craziest things. Um, you know what? Here, Fui Bom Demais. So it's by Projota. He's a Brazilian artist. I, so I'll go another significant song and not just a crazy rap song, but check out Run the Jewels if you haven't. Um, it's wild. Uh, but for Bon Demise means like it was amazing. It was so good. It was incredible. And it's, uh, and it's, he's speaking in Brazilian Portuguese and it's a kind of like rap hip hop song about this relationship and how great it was. But I found that song when I was living in Brazil. And so for me, it was about my experience. So when he talks about it, it was incredible and the memories we shared. And although the time is ending, we had this beautiful time. That was me in Brazil. So that's a song that has a real deep kind of resonance for me. So yeah, those, those are three that that's how dare you do that to me, Shay. <laughs> Forced me to choose <laughs> so many good ones. So yeah, what else uh, you got? Um, favorite movie or TV show? Again, <laughs> I'm going to slam this computer. Okay. Um, some of like, oh God, it's so hard. Um, you can and do, I think this is. You yeah. can do either or. So you can either do your favorite movie or TV show, or you can do your favorite movie and favorite TV show. I would, oh man, I, I'm that person that's like, oh, it depends on my mood. But um, I would say. 
there are movies that aren't necessarily, I love movies and I tend to watch more movies than TV shows. There are movies that aren't necessarily like epic movies or like, oh, the story is so deep, but for some reason they really resonate with me. Um, two that come to mind that are two of my favorites, and it sounds silly, but Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, you know, the Marvel movie. Um, and, you know, Peter Quill's mom dies of cancer at the very beginning of the movie. I saw that shortly after my mom passed and lost it. But then he goes on this epic adventure, discovers himself, and then, fi you know, finds his people and, and serves this bigger mission in the world. And so it's fun. It's fantastic. I love the Marvel movies. I love the like space ones, you know, I like Thor too as well. So, um, but another one, Passengers. I don't know why, but Passengers with Chris Pratt and, um, Oh, I'm blanking on her name, uh, the, the lead actress, but Jennifer Lawrence. Um, that one, there's something about, you know, this being isolated and trying to find your purpose or mission that really hits me deep. And I can't fully explain it, but I think part of it is what I've learned from my mentors is like a journey of self-development and of like creating your own business can be very lonely at times. And even when it seems like there's no purpose, you know, or it's like, oh, well, this doesn't matter. Or you feel lost. You have to be able to create the meaning in the moment and you create the connection. So yeah, those are two that would come to mind, even though you only gave me one. <laughs> Making uh, my own rules, Shay. <laughs> we've got two more, bro. two more questions. Go back in time or go to the future. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. I, I thought there was going to be a follow-up. Back in time or to the future? Can I come back? Do I get to come back here or I'm just, I'm one or the other. Okay. But Ooh. like if you choose to go back in the future, then you can't go, oh, sorry, back in time. Then you can't go to the future, but if you turn, but you can come back to present time. It's just. Okay. Okay. See, this is, this is like those, like, uh, uh, <laughs> those games where I like, I'm like, I need details. Um, so if I go back, I can't come forward, but if, but will I know everything that I know now, if I go back? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, <laughs> you see, man. Yeah, I'm throwing, I'm throwing a wrench in this. <laughs> so, if you go back into the future, then you just come back to present time. Oh, sorry. If you yeah. go back in time, then you just come back to present time. You don't know what's going to happen in your future. Well, yeah. No, you know, no one really knows what's going to happen in their future. Right. Um, if you go back, if you go into the future, then you just come back to the present. You just know. Yeah. Uh, does that make sense? I no one's so. no one's ever gone that technical maybe yeah. maybe i need to detail that question a bit better well no Shay, it's this is this is a peek in inside my brain like <laughs> uh, like I, I went on a date recently the girl's like i'd love to be in your brain for five seconds because i'm just like boop, 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 like to all these all this craziness but um i would say you know what a, a lot of people say like oh i, I wouldn't if you could go back in time, I wouldn't change it because I needed everything to get me where I am now. I'm like, you know what? I'm curious how much I would have been able to hear in the past. Cause maybe if I went to the future, I could see some things and maybe bring that back and try to help. But if I went to the past, maybe I could shift course more and be having the impact, even even greater impact in more ways. It I'm can be a past. bit it yeah. could be a bit scary going to the future in my opinion like yeah like depends how far into the future you go and right what you see might you know obviously Ooh, well, as soon as as soon as you come back like you're going to change what 
what you do to ensure that you don't have the future that you've seen. So it's a it's a lose win question, really. Like well, you, and learn you know some. what, dude, you you just made me realize. I I was just thinking of in my own lifetime, but I like if you just say past or future, I could have gone back in time to any point in history and just seen something. And it's like, but yeah, you're right. It's like if we go into the future and we see some really horrible realities, and it's like what can we do to, ch- can we change this? And mm-hmm. what, if, what if Terminator's real? You know, it's like, we yeah. gotta stop Skynet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say past, cause I, I always, when people always go like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back cause I wouldn't change a thing. I'm like, there's some things I would definitely change. Like I'm thinking I would have been fine and change those things. So but I'll say past. <laughs> I love how I'm taking your rapid fire questions and making them eight, eight minutes each. So. <laughs> bro, and, and our last question bro is, if you were stranded on an island, um, I'm not too sure if I'm going to have to go into context on what is on this island, but <laughs> if you're stranded- How many trees, Shane? <laughs> if you're stranded on this island by yourself, what are three things you would want to have with you? Okay, stranded on an island. I mean, my an internet connection so I can call a boat. Um, assuming I can't be rescued again, again, my brain's looking for the flaws. <laughs> like, like I, I can just get off um, and no boats to take me off. Um, three things I would want on my desert Island. Uh, well, my, wh- whoever my uh, future wife is, I would want her there because we can, that, that the person I'm going to be with, we can have fun doing anything and just, just with us. And so, Hey, if we're, if we're going to share and we're riding it out together, create your uh, own civilization. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to repopulate, but then it gets weird in, in future generations. Like for one generation, it's fine. Then it gets weird. Um, we'll be rescued by then. We'll be rescued by then. Um, I would go with my wife. Um, what else would I want on a desert Island? Dude, it's so funny because my brain's going to like practical survival shit. I know like the point of the question is like, what, what are important key things that you want in your life? But I'm like, well, I need something for clean water. Uh, <laughs> um, so my wife, so we're going to share the responsibilities, you know, taking care of each other and building a fire and hunting, you know, it's going to, that'll be great. Um, stranded on a d- desert island. We need water purification, man. We're going to have to survive. That's our main thing. We can make it without food for a couple of days while we learn to fish like Tom Hanks in, uh, in Castaway. And then uh, lastly, I'm just going to like knife and fire star. I'm going like full, full survival mode. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would be going like survival kit stuff because I just went, I dude, I just went to an event where I trained with green berets for three days. So now that's all like fresh in my mind. If you want, like, what are three things that are important to me in terms of like life and connection? I can do that as well. But surviving on that island, me and my wife, we're going to take over. We're going to handle shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, I've had some interesting one. Like, I've had some people say a PlayStation, Wi-Fi and a knife. I've had some people say a boat, a knife and um their their partner and then someone say a pot like a a a big pot to cook food and a knife um so i've had some interesting ones um all right i'm not too outlandish yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um bro first and foremost bro i just want to thank you very much for jumping on the podcast bro it's been unreal listening to (laughs) to all your experiences all your stories and i'm sure a lot of the viewers and listeners out there will be um 
will take a lot away from this and know that um, I remember on, on Monday when we met for the speech training, um, it, it still resonates to me now. The, the boy that I trained um, for his speech competition, the topic was everyone has attributes and qualities of a, of a leader. And mm-hmm. at the end of the speech, he said, um, everyone has the attributes and qualities of a leader. We just don't realize it. And I think they'll come to the realization after hearing the stuff that you've said today and realize that they can do it and that they have the power and the ability and the strength um, to do it. And maybe one or two things you said is just that, that, that switch in their mind to make them go chase and do what they, um, what they can or have always wanted to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So, bro, I just want to thank you very much for for your time, for your advice, mm-hmm. um, for your funny jokes, <laughs> and um, yeah, bro, just just a huge thank you. Well, thank you for having me on, man, and you're you're very welcome. You know, I love doing this, and and that's the thing for everybody listening. You don't have to have it all figured out. Get started. Get on like get uncomfortable moving forward, and just realize you you're one decision away from a totally different life. And if anybody wants, has any questions, you know, wants to reach out, you know, my website is overcominggraduation.com and my email, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at overcominggraduation.com. If anybody has questions, was curious about coaching or just has like, it doesn't have to be straight into coaching. If you just have an, a question, shoot me an email. Like I've had students after my speeches reach out and I like to send video messages because I, I like that. It's more personal and I'll respond to people's questions because I genuinely do this because I want to help. You know, as, as I build my business, it's all from a place of I want to serve and help and serve this mission. So, you know, you helping me to do this and share with more people. It's an honor, man. Yeah. Um, about that too, bro. Like uh, make sure you go check out his Instagram again, overcoming graduation. Um, and, and yeah, please do flick him a message if, if you want and support him and his business. Um, the link will be in the bio of, um, of the YouTube um, video that's posted. Um, if, if it's on the, um, on Spotify or any of the Google Apple podcasts, um, then just press pause and rewind and press pause and rewind until you get that. But um, <laughs> that's the old school way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely check him out. Um, he can change your life, I'm sure. Thanks, brother. All right. Well, thank you very much again, brother. And um, we'll stay connected. Definitely. Awesome, man. Fantastic. Right. Cheers, awesome. my bro. Peace.